0: You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports.
1: Good morning, and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabond. Joining me, as usual, my co host, the incomparable one, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm thrilled. uh, uh, we, we've got a power pack show today, Naz. I don't think we've ever packed so many legends uh, into one show. Uh, i am uh, been certainly looking forward to this one. Uh, in, in in tribute to the Habs and the Leafs being in a playoff series to commemorate the 50s, 60s, and 70s, we've decided to do a little bit of a Habs-Leafs uh, retro show today. And uh, got four legends on the show today, Naz, the greatest of them all, greatest Toronto Maple Leaf, greatest blue and white, David Keon. Uh, David will be on. Also, uh, 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 a teammate of his for a couple of Stanley Cup victories and uh, played some time at... uh, They played... Not only, I'm not sure they played together at St. Mike's, but they both played at St. Mike's. Another Hockey Hall of Famer, Dick Duff. uh, And also will be joined by Broadcasting Hall of Famer, uh, Peter Mansbridge. uh, Legend uh, at the CBC and... uh, I uh, had him on the show about a year ago to help us celebrate David Keon's birthday uh, a year ago and lift our spirits as the pandemic took hold. And in the bottom half of the hour, Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster, also the legendary Brian McFarlane, um, had a chat, to uh, briefly chat with Brian uh, yesterday morning, and uh, I think he's hitting his 100th book. He's still going strong, uh, still vibrant, and still uh, still typing up or uh, keyboarding uh like crazy, and uh, he's, I think he's up to his 100th book, so we get a chance to talk to Brian McFarland, Naz, what a, what a lineup. Looking forward to this one, Naz. A big
2: lineup, big lineup. All legends and all Hall of Famers. That's terrific.
1: Yeah, but uh, what we're here to talk about today is Montreal Canadiens against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Naz, social media has been buzzing. Uh, this is the series, you know, the... You know, this is uh, normally when you're talking about the Habs and the Leafs. It's usually the Habs that are the favorite, uh, but we haven't. Uh, Habs and Leafs haven't butted heads since 1979. Uh, throughout the 70s, the Habs had the upper hand. In the 60s, though, you know the Leafs fought them. Uh, Leafs fought them tooth and nail, basically to a standstill. The Leafs grabbed the first. Uh, Grabbed three cups in the early sixties, and uh, the infamous nineteen sixty-seven cup, and the Habs sandwiched a few cups around that. Uh, those were my formative years, Naz. So many fantastic memories. Uh, Leafs, uh, we all we all look back fondly on a tremendous era, and the hockey in Canada. I'm telling you, Naz, people are getting excited.
2: Yeah, it looks like we're gonna. We may have a Canadian team in the final. Not since Vancouver and Boston played. I think it was in two thousand eleven. There has been no Canadian team in the final. And uh, Montreal was the last team to win the cup in ninety four, so
1: let's we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh certainly uh we remember actually I think it was ninety three, Naz. 93, 93. Uh ninety four I think was the Rangers, but ninety three was that was the year that was the infamous uh infamous uh Wayne Gretzky uh penalty that Kerry Fraser didn't call, wasn't it, Naz? And uh right, yeah. Leafs should have been in the finals that year with with the Canadians, and that would that would have been a fascinating series.
2: Yes, it would have been, and they had Pat Burns behind the bench.
1: Yeah, so uh, and Pat Burns, uh, you know, uh, in, in Montreal as well. Uh, so many, uh, you know, Dick Duck. We're going to be talking to this morning had uh, had a great uh, early run with the Toronto Maple Leafs, a couple of cups, a couple of Stanley Cup finals in the late uh, late fifties, and he had a remarkable career. After he got traded from uh, from the Leafs, he went to the Rangers, Didn't wasn't with the Rangers very long, and then went and helped Montreal win four cups in the 60s, uh, sandwiched between the infamous 1967 uh, Toronto Maple Leafs Stanley Cup, where our uh, guest this morning, David Keon, Won won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Um, so uh, so many great memories. Habs, Leafs. Uh, Naz, uh, your 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 favorite. Uh, if you had one, your favorite Toronto Maple Leaf Montreal Canadian game. If you can pick one out. Oh, definitely
2: the the Stanley Cup Final '67 for sure. Of course you won victory, one. and Dick Duff scored for Montreal in that game. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think uh, the one, the, uh, the one Go thing ahead. I'd say about Dave Keon and uh, Dick Duff, uh, watching the Eclipse in the past, they can really skate, those two guys. They were so quick on, on, on their blades. A lot quicker than a lot of the players back then.
1: Yeah, you know, they, uh, they Yeah, they could certainly fly. Uh, they uh, they brought skill, both obviously in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Dick Duff with the Toronto Maple Leafs side, got to ask him, I believe he was number nine if I'm not mistaken. With the Montreal Canadians, I believe he was number eight. Uh, certainly they, he wasn't going to get the number nine in Montreal. I I believe by the time he got there, I'm sure Rocket Richard's number was already retired. Dick Duff, uh, you know, you, you talk about uh, you know skating ability of David Keon and Dick Duff. Uh, smaller guys in stature, man, but hearts of a lion. They used to say uh, about Dave Keon, he used to play with Bulldog tenacity and uh, Dick Duff was the same. Uh, interesting in, in 1969 when the Habs won the cup. Uh, won the cup. Serge Savard won the con Smythe. Uh, Dick Duff finished second in the voting that year for the Conn for Smythe Trophy. He was, uh, in some ways, he was always a clutch guy, a uh, playoff performer. One actually scored the winning goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs in their 1962 Cup victory at the Chicago Stadium in, in Game 6. And uh, David Keon perhaps played the greatest game ever of a Toronto Maple Leaf in history. Let me, let me run this one to you. They talked about the Gordie Howe hat-trick. You know the one about getting a point and assist yep, in a yep. fight. I have I have a different thing. I call it the David Keon hat trick. Game seven. Listen to this one. Game seven, Montreal Forum, nineteen sixty four. Um, semifinals. Habs had won, uh, finished first that year. Leafs were defending cup champions. Imagine going into this into the forum in those days, up against Bellevue and Richard and 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 all those guys. Leafs win that game, three to one. David Keon, the David Keon hat trick. David scored all three goals in that game, one on a power play, one on a penalty kill, one in an empty net. You talk about bringing it when it's important. Uh, I don't know if that term's ever been used, but I call that the David Keon hat trick. One penalty, uh, one on the penalty kill, one on the power play, and one into an empty net. Perhaps, arguably, the greatest game ever played by a Toronto Maple Leaf. Certainly in the most pressure-packed of circumstances. After the uh, Leafs uh, disposed of the Habs that year, they went on to uh, beat the Detroit Red Wings and won their third consecutive Stanley Cup. Now, as I'm getting excited, I think let's go to break. Let's get David on the line, and we're going to have Dick Duff on the line uh, coming up later, and also Peter Mansbridge, and later on in the hour, Brian McFarlane. Let's do this.
3: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half brother Raoul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raoul wants is an inflatable waste.
0: Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza, fiercely Canadian
4: Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks
1: among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the Number Seven Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway Seven. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
0: Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby or Rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words, impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on AM 740 in downtown downtown Toronto. We're also on 96.7 FM. On the internet, live www.zumaradio.ca. It's always a privilege to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time, David Good morning, David. How are you this morning? I'm good. Wally, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us, David. Uh, we had a little chance to brief chat on uh, on Friday, and uh, I want to thank you. You uh, you brought some, you've uh, brought good weather to South Florida, weather to uh, Southern Ontario. I think uh, I think uh, your luck rubbed off on us, and we're having a fabulous weekend up here, David. Uh, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. Um it's certainly creating some excitement uh, north of the border, up here in uh, southern Ontario and Quebec. And, of course, that harkens back uh, to some of the great, great memories of, of our youth uh, watching you up against uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, some great playoff series from the 60s. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs certainly uh, gave as much as they got back in, in the 60s for Stanley Cups. Let's talk about a little boy growing up in Doranda, in Quebec. Um, when you were uh, a little juvenile running around uh, learning how to skate, did you have a dream? Uh, obviously a dream to play in the NHL. Was it, uh, was it a dream to play for the Canadians or a dream to play for the Leafs?
5: No, Walter, I think it was always uh, to play in Toronto. Uh, I, don't think, uh, I don't think I ever thought of playing for Montreal. But it was always always for Toronto because it, in Rouen Naranda it was uh Miranda was predominantly English and Rouen was predominantly French, so there was always that uh back and forth between the English and the french and uh uh I was a maple leaf fan
1: and uh, was it uh the 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 rivalry. There's a the book, of course, Forever Rivals. The rivalry between the Habs and the Leafs. Uh, certainly playing, uh, you, you probably when you went to St. Mike's, that was the Leaf, uh, Leaf farm team for back about, uh, you know, those St. Mike's guys were headed towards the Leafs, and the Habs had their junior Canadians, so you got into this blue-white, uh, red-blue-and-white thing. How, was there a special feeling when you guys took on the Habs in the playoffs?
5: Well... <laughs> At that time, you know, the Canadians were the, everything was judged you know, on beating the Canadians. They were the bellwether, I guess, if you want to say, the standard that everybody was trying to meet. And, you know, from 1956 to 79, I guess, I think they won 12 Stanley Cups. <laughs> so, you know, if you were going to be successful and, and win a Stanley Cup, more than likely, you were going to have to beat the Canadians, and that was always the uh, that was always the goal. And uh, uh, if you if you were successful in that, then not only did you win the cup, but you you know you had a feather in your cap because you were able to beat the Canadians. Nas, hi David, how are you? I'm good. Naz. how are you?
2: Good, thanks. Um, what? Sorry.
1: Hello? Yeah, did we lose you. I'm here. Uh, I think uh we may, you know with uh, when you do these shows remotely, the, uh, oh, often, okay. you okay. often you uh, often you often get cut cut off. But we uh, we certainly challenge our producer uh, Brandon when it comes to these things. Game 7, I uh, Game 7 Montreal Forum 1964 uh David, I was just talking about it just before uh we brought you on the air. Uh, certainly, I've, I've, uh, I've, I'm calling that now the Dave Key on hat trick. Uh, uh, the goal is Game Seven, Montreal Forum. It's the deciding game. They're the you're the Stanley Cup champions. They're the number one team overall in the schedule. You go in the Forum and you score. You score three goals. You win the game three one. One on a power play, one on a penalty kill, and one into an empty net. Um, no,
5: I think one. I, I don't think the first one was a power play. I think it was even strength.
1: Okay. Then, uh, then I'll, I'll rename David hat Hatrick, an even strength goal, uh, a, pen, a goal on a penalty, and, and a goal into an empty net. But uh, you scored all three, David. It, it was truly a remarkable game. Um, your thoughts? Uh, you know, looking back on that so many years ago, you know, it was always important for you. Uh, you guys measured yourselves about, upon beating the uh, beating the uh, Montreal Canadiens, and that game. Um, I don't know if you can even think back upon it as it developed. Uh, what your recollections of it are? Um, your your thoughts on that game, David?
5: Well, it was nice. We we had <clears throat> we were down three games to two, and we shut them out on uh, Tuesday, I think, in uh, mm-hmm. Toronto, three nothing, I think, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know we had a chance to uh you know to go to Montreal and play in the 7th game which we uh we did the goaltending uh, John was great in goal Charlie Hodge was was good for Canadians and I was fortunate uh I hadn't been very successful or very productive in the first 6 games but uh in the 7th game I was uh, in the right spot at the right time and uh fortunately uh was able to to score three goals. Certainly a remarkable game, I
1: Nance, are you back on the line? Yeah. Sorry to guys. No no problem. Go ahead, Nas.
2: How was the uh was punching black? Important to the lease upsets in the sixties. And
5: how was his preparation for the game? Well he was important to it too, but you know as 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 uh I think um he he had a uh, a relationship, not a, bit, a good relationship with Toe Blake from the time when they were in the Quebec Senior in the fifties, and he coached against uh, he coached against uh, Field where Toe Blake was, and then Toe Blake went to Montreal and had all his success, and so when Punch got to Toronto, I mean it, uh, there was the natural. Um, Montreal-Toronto rivalry, but I think there was also a rivalry between Punch and, and Toe Blake. So he uh, emphasized, he made it very important that uh, that we beat the Canadians. Of course, that's easier said than done because they, they had a, uh, you know, the, the bar, when you played the Canadians, you had to play your best because they, they played their best all the time. Uh, we're
1: uh, pleased to uh we're pleased to welcome to the nasa sports and our uh, good friend of david keon's also uh, a great toronto maple leaf from the 50s and 60s but also saw All things from uh, a red, white, and blue perspective as well. Talking about hockey hall of famer Dick Duff. Good morning, Dick. How are you this morning?
6: Everything's good. Everything's good. That Keon guy—he knows the holy name Juveniles, because he was at the game there when we played in (laughs) Noranda. You know, and then he found his way to see Mike. (laughs) Exactly. I think he's. I scored on a penalty shot goal. They beat uh, us in five right. games though, Kent Douglas, Rejan who They had some good players in that Naranda area and then the Keon guy followed them. Uh, certainly
1: uh talking about the, you know the you're a Kirkland Lake guy, Dick Duff and uh yeah, those guys and so, over there. so many fantastic players from Kirkland Lake and so many fantastic leaps. From northern uh, northern Ontario, Larry Hillman, Tim Horton, George Armstrong, Bob Nevin, Frank Mahovlich, so many, so many of the key guys of the Toronto Maple Leafs from northern oh, that was Ontario. was the
6: climate eh? in Canada. The kids uh, they came from uh, <laughs> in, uh, in, in Regina and those areas to Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, Manitoba, northern Ontario. We're, we're forever outside skating. You know, the uh, the guy said, "Dick, how come you guys are all such good skaters up north?" I said, "Because." We were always outside. My house was colder than outside, so we spent the time outside.
1: Uh, talking to Dick Duff and David Keon, Dick, uh, we we had an opportunity to have both you and David on the line uh, together. I think it was about four or five years ago, and uh, you guys took over the show. So, uh, you guys uh, certainly, you guys have been friends for a long, long time. Uh, first Stanley Cup together, nineteen sixty-two. Uh, it's the Chicago Stadium. It's game six, and Dick Duff scores the winning goal uh, in that game, uh, middle of the third period. And, no, no, uh, it was Dick- later in the third period.
6: 14-14, late, Keons, I said. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that, was, uh, Dick, that was, Dick, you call that the Dave Keon goal. Tell us all yeah, about
6: because, that. Yeah, uh, because when Chicago for, uh, scored their first goal at the 11-minute mark, I fumbled the puck behind the net, and Bobby Hall scored, made it 1-0, and it took them about 15 minutes to clean the ice. And good thing that we could, we could get restarted again. And Frank made a big play to Bobby Nevin tied the game almost right away quickly. Right, and then uh, we had the power play goal when I scored that uh, Timmy Horton and Armstrong, and we were on 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 the power play nine goal, and, I'd go, and uh, it found its way past uh, past the Glenn Hall two one. And uh, like I mentioned before, and Davy knows it's a long grind to get that clock to stop if you haven't won the thing before. Yeah, certainly the
1: last few minutes when you have a lead in a, in a, in a Stanley Cup deciding game go go last, last seem to last a lifetime, I'm sure.
6: Yeah. Yes. Davy's cousin, Todd Sloan, don't yeah. forget in Broco, when they won the Cup in 51, they won the the game 3-2, and uh, uh, Todd Sloan t- scored both goals, two goals out of the three, and he tied the game with eight seconds to go. That's uh, Davies' uh, relative, eh? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's your opportunity, Dick. What was the
2: difference
6: between playing for Toronto and Montreal? Well, it was just a just a different break for me. It was kind of a little, you know, when you play juniors hockey in Toronto, and, and, and uh, Toronto was more of a, like, a, you know, we were kind of defensive oriented team. Hey, you know, kitty barred the door kind of hockey. You know, we we played to be safe. But when we became a team that could beat the Montreal Canadiens, we had the guys who could skate with them, you know, whether it was Mahavich and Brewer and Keon and myself, because they, they, they were a team that could skate, you know. And, uh, and, and Montreal had a, had a, had a tendency to, to get the game underway early. And uh, I think that was because of the rocket in that. I mean, I enjoyed both places. Why would I not be? And... Uh, and the advantage I had going to Montreal is that, you know, I played four years of juniors here like Davey did, and then you go to the Leafs, so you have a big obligations in the city. And, and when I went to Montreal, I was just free to play, and, and, and I was there where Morenz had played and the Rocket had played and, and, and all those guys that mean lots to hockey had played, and so it was a treat to play there.
1: Uh, Dick, you grew up in uh, in Kirkland Lake. There were some uh, Kirkland Lake boys that ended up with the Montreal Canadiens as well. And
6: uh, yeah, Mickey was, Redman, his dad, uh, and, and Larry Hillman, and uh, Fred Perry before Bill Dernan was the goalie when they, when they won the Allen Cup in 1950. And uh, but uh, Davey Knowles and, and guys in and Timmins and, and Kirkland uh, in the late 30s and 40s, they found all those gold mines up north there, and so that. Was big uh, big economy factor for Ontario for Canada. They built the railroads and the sport. In 1940, Lecturer lecture Blue Devils won the Allen Cup. Bill Durnan was the goalie. Johnny Crawford went to Boston. Mike Walton's dad played there, you know. And uh, John McCready was a player there that became the president of International Nickel and Sudbury after. So so the hockey and the sports was there. And and Davey knows because we know. And in and, and Canada. Uh, there's always a little bit of a clash and sport and sports against French against the English. Okay, so when he knows he was in Miranda and Rouen, and he knows all the guys that came from there too, Rajan who, you know, and uh, Conway, no, Conway guys. guys. Davey knows all the guys who played. And when we got to Toronto and St. Mike's, we knew what, what were there ahead of us. And so, I mean, it, 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 the thing is to win if you can. That's that, that's the whole reason why we play. Um. You guys
1: were uh, friends, but uh, in 1967, you were lined up on uh, on different sides of the ice. And David, you ended up winning the con Smythe. Lisa ended up winning a Stanley Cup that um, perhaps wasn't expected. Uh, you Leafs were certainly the underdogs in that series. Uh, Leafs won in Game Six. Uh, everybody remembers the George Armstrong goal into the empty net. Um, the two games that the Leafs lost uh, in 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 that series, I believe they lost six to two, and they were both on Thursday nights. Uh, I may I oh, you, you correct me if you wish. I no, you're
5: right. Ha- you're right. you uh, right. was really Imlek was really superstitious. Uh, he didn't want to play on Thursdays because we lost on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> your your recollections at
1: that series going into the series, the Leafs were certainly the underdogs. It was it was a special year in Canada. It was our centennial year. Expo was, hap- was uh, happening in Montreal. The eyes of the world were on Montreal, and I think at some point, uh, perhaps I can't remember who said, "Well, you know, that cup's going to Expo sixty-seven, and it's going to be shown off there." Um, I don't know if you remember any of that, but you're, the, the thoughts of the team going into that series, uh, David, I mean, you guys are professional. you won the Cup three times, I'm sure you absolutely thought you could win it, but you guys were the underdogs, uh, tell us how that series developed.
5: Well, I think we played Chicago, and I think Chicago was looking past us to Montreal, and uh, you know uh, what happens is you get into a series and there's an urgency that uh you have to get a, you, you want to get off quickly because uh you, any hope that a team has you want to crush that and um we got off to a good start against Chicago and all of a sudden we start to think that we can win and then i think the same thing happened against montreal uh we were underdogs we lost the first game 6-2 i think but we won the second game and all of a sudden we started to think hey if we play we can win this and and um ultimately we did uh so the uh, uh i i you know it may have been a surprise to some people but to us in the dressing room uh i don't think it was a surprise uh, at this moment, I'd like to take the opportunity to invite
1: another legend to join us on the air. Of course, I'm talking with, talking about the incomparable uh, Peter Mansbridge. Uh, Peter, <laughs> good morning. How are you? There? Hey,
7: Wally. Yeah, it's good to talk to both of you. This is, well, you know, this is great listening to these two guys, right? you got to understand, I, you know, here I am sitting in Stratford, Ontario in retirement. You know, I'm, I'm getting on. But when I was 10 years old and we just arrived in Canada from, from Britain, and I was told, you've got you to start watching hockey. you got to pick a player who's going to be your favorite player. I did exactly that, and my guy was decked up. So this is a thrill for me to be on this call and listen to these two legends talking hockey. It's uh, number nine for the Leafs, number eight for the Habs. Uh, and number 14 for the Leafs. Just listening to these guys is a thrill for me.
1: It's certainly an absolute thrill for Naz and I, and uh, I will add talking to you to, to that mix as well. So uh, thanks for joining us, Peter. Uh, you, you know, as you said, uh, Dick Duff was uh, uh, was, uh, was your hockey hero when you are growing up, and uh, you you're raised in Ottawa uh, and then uh, moved out west. Uh, your uh, your thoughts about uh, you know you, as you said you came over it was important to become part of hockey. Uh, Habs Leafs this week is setting social media buzzing. You were uh, you got to see it when you grew up in Ottawa. The Habs Leafs rivalry. What uh, in your uh, in your thoughts? Uh, how special was that, and how special is it still?
7: Well, it was pretty special then, and it still is. I mean, back then when I was growing up in Ottawa, there were no Senators at that time. Uh, and so you had to pick, as a good Canadian kid, between the two Canadian teams at the time. So you had to pick either blue or red. And all of my family picked red. I picked blue. But then, then I got to travel around the league because, uh, because I was so loyal to Dick Duff, I, every time he moved to team, I, my loyalties changed teams as well. So I got around. You got, got at home, right? <laughs> yeah and then uh then of course you had that terrific run uh you did Mr Duff you had a you know four cups in Montreal uh that was pretty amazing and so there I was cheering for the halves, which was for me was really something uh, different but listen right now the uh there there's an energy in the country around this you know it's been a difficult year because of covid a difficult year in the NHL but with this Northern division, it's set Canadians against Canadians in terms of teams. And that's really been good. It's been exciting. And now here we have a playoff situation where we have the two, two great teams in the East playing off for that, that position and two great teams in the West playing off for that position. So I think we have a real opportunity here uh, for a good chunk of the country, and this doesn't happen often, to all be watching the same thing at the same time. You know, hockey brings Canadians together, a lot of Canadians together, and this will be another wonderful opportunity. And you know, you can't beat the the Toronto Montreal
2: legend.
5: You certainly can't,
2: Naz. David, what was the turning point in the uh, top sixty seven series against Montreal?
7: What was the turning
2: point?
5: Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, you know. Naz, oh, I think, David. Sorry.
2: It's
1: directed towards David.
5: Oh, I think. Um... Uh, the fifth game when we won in Montreal Uh, they scored first and then we came back and and scored four times and beat them 4-1 and then we were going home on uh, we were going to play them on Tuesday uh, and we realized that uh, I think that uh, we had to win on Tuesday because if we didn't uh, going back for the seventh game was was, uh, not something that we wanted to do uh, Peter, uh, you grew up in in Ottawa.
1: Ottawa is closer to uh, Montreal in some ways, and perhaps closer to Toronto in other ways, uh, geographically. Montreal, uh, emotionally, uh, maybe there's maybe there's maybe there's a mix. Uh, you, you came over from uh, from England. Did you get a sense right away of this French uh, English divide between the Canadians and the Toronto Maple Leafs?
7: Well, you certainly had a sense of the rivalry between the two teams. I mean, one of the first things my parents bought me when we moved to Canada, uh, when they realized that it was the, the, it was the Leafs that I liked, um, they bought me a Leafs jersey. And you know, and in those days, you know, you bought them at uh, you know out of the Eaton's catalog or something. And you know, they weren't great, but I saw a picture of uh, of me in that little jersey. I sent it to Kyle Dubas after he uh, signed Tavares because. Tavares had been in those Leaf pajamas <laughs> as a kid, right? And I sent I sent the picture to Kyle. I said, listen, buddy, what about me? Like, I could be playing for that team. I've got the history. Look, I've been a Leaf fan since you know, whenever it was, 1958. But uh, he didn't go for that. <laughs>
1: uh, certainly, uh, you... you uh Ended up developing a fondness for Dick Duff, as you said. Number nine with the uh, Toronto Maple yep. Leafs. Number eight with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh,
6: just curious. He was a knowledgeable know. hockey guy. That's why. <laughs> 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 we watched for years and listened for years. His great voice on the radio with the news. Uh, and I'm, I'm not shooting Peter. When I was in the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame, I think you were there, right? MC that yeah. night.
7: Yeah. Yeah, you no, it's actually, uh, you've actually had, had an thrilled, opportunity uh, to to be that. involved in
6: that. Yeah, yeah that's good. I, I, the only thing, I did is I wish we had his bank account number and you could check it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: Peter, aren't you glad you agreed to come on the that's, show? That, that
6: five dollars a day meal money would be tough to spend today. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't
5: even get in the restaurant.
6: No, I know you didn't. I say, just give me one coffee or half a coffee, something, whatever.
5: <laughs> uh
1: Uh, We've got a few minutes left with with the three of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We've got Brian McFarland coming on after after the break. Looking forward to chatting with him. David, uh, before we let you go, the Conn Smythe Trophy in 1967. Uh, Best player in the playoffs. uh, Most valuable player in the playoffs without question. Uh, If they had had the Conn Smythe Trophy between 62 and 64, it's certainly arguable you may have had more than one of them. Um, your, uh, your fond recollection of the moment when you found out that you were, uh, voted the MVP of that series and what did it mean to you?
5: Oh, winning the cup meant, meant everything. I mean, that's, that, that's an individual thing. That's very nice, but, uh, uh, and I was really pleased that I, I was chosen, but winning, you know, we're playing to win the Cups, and uh, that's, uh, that was the prime prime objective, and um, the con Smythe was uh, a nice uh, added uh, bonus. Uh, Dick, before we let you go, you won uh, four Cups with the Habs, two
1: with the Leafs. You were in 11 Stanley Cup Finals, which is marked in... Uh Seventeen years, I believe. I uh, it, it, that was a remarkable achievement.
6: Uh, you got to uh, pick your teammates, eh?
1: Yeah, you and, uh, do. With baby and, and, you and Belvo and Henry and these
6: guys, I had. Uh, we had a quality team, and these guys came to play. And the NHL, you know, in and, and Canada and in Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, the French and English and Montreal. And uh, when, you, when you had the chance to play where Belleville played, where Apps played, where Kennedy played, we're all quite aware, Davy, and myself and other guys, what it meant to play on those two teams and what the NHL meant. And people like Mr. Mansbridge, he knows, Peter knows, that, uh, that, that uh, a lot of people in Canada, that was their, that was their entertainment. Did, sure. did you have a favorite cup?
1: Is it, out of the six, is there one that you look back with the most fondness?
6: No, the first one because we, we we finally got the thing done, and then uh, and then we have to set our goal to to try to keep it again. Uh,
1: Dick, uh, Peter, uh, we will let you go. We certainly thank you. Uh, yes, as you say, it's going to be a thrill of a ride across Canada. I guess the only shame the only shame in all of this. We're thrilled that we have playoff hockey, but there won't be any fans in the seats. Uh, how much difference will that make? Yeah. That will uh, that is a shame, but
7: uh, you know, thanks to television, we'll uh, we'll feel close, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time to watch. But boy, there's nothing there's nothing quite as exciting to listen uh, like listening to these two guys talking about, especially the '60s. I mean, what the, what a history of hockey that decade was in terms of both the Leafs and the Habs, and these two guys were the head of it all the time.
1: Anyway, so I'm going to leave it off, David. Thank you as always.
7: We all right, always
6: Wally, appreciate stuffy sea of Peter. Nice thanks,
7: to talk to talk to Nice to talk to you. Peter, James nice James to talk to you there.
6: again.
1: Uh, and, yes, to all, absolutely. and to all, all you. Three guys of you guys take care. Oh, Peter, yep. thank you so much to all three of you. You've made our morning. It's been a thrill for Naz and I. Thanks so much. We've got to go to break, and we'll be right back with Brian McFarland.
3: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a medium gourmet pizza for just 13 99 That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne, and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front
0: of you decides to
3: recline his Pizza-ville. seat. Stone-baked Baking pizza.
2: Fiercely Canadian.
0: Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby or rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable and now it's payday mint Inc. trading cards and sports merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey baseball basketball football and soccer heroes now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights if you got them we need them mint Inc. trading cards and sports merchandise visit our store online at
4: mintink.ca You won't remember that
0: Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walk-through floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? realspacemedia.ca Got a space to showcase? Check out real space. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Also joining me, uh, as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, how are you? Good, good i <laughs> you having fun. That
2: was a that was a, that was a great interview. <laughs> anyway, it just keeps getting
1: Pick better. it's amazing, eh? Yeah, he's, uh, what a sense of humor. Uh, certainly had a lot of fun with uh, with David, Dickie, and Peter Mansbridge. We're pleased to have joined us now another legend, another Hall of Famer. It just keeps getting better. Brian McFarlane. Good morning, Brian. How are you this morning?
8: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today?
1: We're, uh, we're like kids in a candy store today, Brian. We had, we had the opportunity to talk with uh, four of our heroes today. So uh, we got you up next, Brian. It's a thank you so much for joining us. We have so many uh, uh, incredible memories of all the fantastic work that you have done over the years and, and quite frankly, that you continue to do. Uh, if I uh, if I'm not mistaken, you've got a book. You're working on a book. You're probably up to about
8: a hundred.
5: Tell us about uh, tell us about your upcoming book.
8: Well, I'm working on a on a memoir. This is a you know a third memoir now over 25 years, I guess. A hell of a life in hockey. And, uh, uh, I, I like to keep busy. I've got, uh, five, six, ten more books in my computer, but it's, it's a difficult time for writers and publishers today. Uh, they don't like fiction and um, they're they're sensitive about what they do like, and um it's it's getting difficult to find publishers but there's always self publishing, so maybe I'll enter into that as I approach my ninetieth birthday, would you believe <laughs> uh
1: God bless you Brian, and uh, we obviously wish you many many more healthy uh, healthy years Brian. it's the Leafs in the Hat uh social media is buzzing. it seems like the country well certainly this part of the country is getting excited. The other other parts of the country are getting excited about the uh, the oilers and the Jets, but Leaf's Habs have a history uh, where you talk about uh, Canada, you talk about the NHL, you talk about hockey um, they're called they're forever rivals uh, is the name of the book. Um, what
8: is uh, what does Leafs Habs mean?
1: to you, Brian?
8: Oh, it means, uh, it means an awful lot. It means going back to my childhood when I lived in Whitby, Ontario and listened to Foster Hewitt on the radio like millions of others. And the Leaf games, of course, were very prominent. And I, I my first idol was Solaps, the Leaf captain number 10. And when I played my little games of shinny on the pond nearby, I would ask my mother, perhaps, because I had an old blue sweater in my, in my hockey bag, if she would sew the number 10 on the back. You didn't go to a sporting goods store then and buy a fancy leaf jersey, not, not in our family anyway. So, uh, apps came to Whitby one night and, uh, my dad took me by the hand down to this big hall and all, gentlemen in their for coats and hats, and there in the middle of the room was Silaps. and I tentatively asked him for an autograph, and he, he signed my slip of paper, and he put best wishes, Silaps. and I was so excited, I said to my dad, look, he gave me two extra words, dad, isn't that marvelous, <laughs> and uh, he became a a hero and then later on I'd do games at Maple Leaf Gardens and sit in the press box right next to Silaps. And I told him that story and he got a got a smile on his face when he when he heard that he gave me the two extra words.
2: Uh,
8: uh that's where it started. Great story. yes.
2: Brian, you covered the lease in the sixties and seventies. What was that like covering the most popular team in the in Canada?
8: Uh, well, you know, it looked it looked very promising in when Punch Imlach came in in the late fifties and started to mold a team that could challenge for the Stanley Cup, and and they 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 won four in the decade. And when we did the 67 game, our centennial year uh, cup for the Leafs with Bill Hewitt and Foster doing radio in the gondola next to us, we thought, well, there may be others. Uh, we know the team is going to be broken up with expansion, and, and they were getting uh, long in the tooth, and a lot of the veterans would be retiring or moving on, like Red Kelly took a coaching job. Um, we still felt there was youth in the system and we might see other Cups and lo and behold we haven't seen one since and I kind of say kiddingly because my wife was at the game that night I said you know we may be the only living people (laughs) if we live long enough that were there and can say we saw the Leafs win their last Stanley Cup (laughs) I hope it doesn't turn out that way but it uh, could uh,
1: uh, Naz and I weren't at Maple Leaf Guards that night, but we were certainly we're old enough that we remember that we were probably, what, Naz, 11, 10, 11, 10 11 years, years old at the time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Brian, um, Leafs Haps, you know, I think about it, uh, we're on Zoomer radio, most of our listeners can actually remember uh, Leafs winning a Stanley Cup or a good a good percentage of our listeners actually remember it. Um, and it it harkens back to 50s and 60s being kids in Canada, it was the blue and white the Maple Leafs, it was the Le Canadien, Blue Blanc et Rouge, it was table hockey, you know, you know, some, you know, you'd always do it, I'd have the red, or the other guy would have the blue and white. I always always felt there was something essentially Canadian about watching hockey on Saturday nights, listening to Foster, listening to Bill, Danny Gallivan, Rene LeCavalier, um, does that magic still exist in, in today's
8: world? I, I don't think that quite that same magic exists anymore. Uh, the world is always changing. I look at hockey on, on the broadcast today and there's so many personalities. If I was to list my favorites, I'd have a page full. And in those days, Dick Irvin and I were the only color commentators in Canada uh, before expansion. And you're right about that rivalry. Uh, I, I'm starting. I started a book a while ago about the '60s, and uh, I started with the Leafs of the '60s and the four cups. Then I thought, well, the Habs won five cups. So if you take that decade and you, you're going to write a book, you'd probably write the Leafs and the Habs of the '60s, nine Stanley Cups, and uh, I think uh, think the timing is. Pretty right to go back and look at some of those uh, great championships by two great franchises. Yes?
2: Brian, do the Leafs have a shot at winning the Cup with this team they had this year? I'm sorry? Uh, the uh, do, 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 do the Leafs, current edition, have a chance of winning the Stanley Cup this season?
8: Oh, they have, sure. Uh, I wouldn't get overly excited about it, though. I mean, they have a history of uh, having playoff problems, so we call it. Um, but they, they have a lot of talent on that team this year. Um, I think they have a good coach. The, the goaltending, uh, it looks like it's going to be okay um y it's not it's not Bauer and Sawchuk in there but then it never will be again so I mean, maybe Campbell will be a playoff hero this year um maybe Anderson will come back and shine Uh, You've got Marner and Matthews, and I like John Tavares. He's uh, been around a while, but I get the feeling he'll come back with some really sparkling play in the playoffs ahead. But the playoffs are always so unpredictable. I gave up years ago trying to call a winner of a Stanley Cup when there's so many teams involved. And if you'll notice in the last few years, a lot of American clubs have walked away with it. And uh, you you can't count on anything anymore in hockey. Uh,
1: I'm talking to Brian McFarland.
8: Brian, uh, you grew up in uh, I have to ask, you grew up in Whitby, Ontario. Uh, well, I, I was born in northern Ontario, up in yeah. Hallowbury. My dad was a writer. You may know him as the author of the first uh, the first author of the uh, Hardy Boys book series. <laughs> And he would uh he was sworn to secrecy. Nobody was to he was never to tell that he was writing the Hardy Boys books because they had a a man named Franklin W. Dixon, a mythical man. They just picked a name, it was a pen name. And if they got mad at my dad and fired him, they could always <laughs> hire another author to do the next book in the series. But he did the first 21, and he came down to Whitby feeling he'll be closer to the uh, the markets. And my first experience in hockey was in, in Whitby playing on a little of device about 20 by 12 across the road. And sometimes my sisters would join me there, and then I found out there were bigger games going on down at the local park. So... I gravitated down there and there'd be a 100 kids going in all directions and uh, I just loved it so I I kind of fell in hockey uh in love with hockey at that stage and it's uh, been a lifetime passion so there you go uh,
1: we we got a, we actually got a chance to talk about northern ontario hockey and all the great players with Dick Duff and, and, and David the great players that came out of Kirkland Lake and some of those Noranda and um when you were growing up, were you a Habs fan, were you a Leafs fan, or were you neither?
8: Well, I, I was a, a Toronto Maple Leaf fan because of Cylapse, but when I got into broadcasting, and I know people thought I was a Leaf homer, um, but I, I thought I was uh, pretty fair with each team that came in, and there were lots of things to admire about the teams. I mean, if Bobby York came in with the Boston Bruins and Busick and Cheevers and Esposito you couldn't help but saying boy they've got a talented hockey club and the same with the blackhawks with bobby Hull and makita and the habs were always a powerhouse it seemed i guess if you were asking my favorite all-time player I would say Jean Beliveau of the Habs because I I got to play against him in junior hockey and I noticed what a great gentleman he was even then. Then the leadership he took over with the Montreal Canadiens and how he treated people, opponents and teammates and the general public. uh, I just thought he was the greatest ambassador for hockey I'd ever seen, and I, I still feel that way. And then when I got to know Ted Lindsay, the firebrand of the Detroit Red Wings, always in trouble, always ready for the throw of the fist or the stick, I found out that he was really a great gentleman. And when we worked together on NBC, I, I thought the world of Ted Lindsay. And uh, nobody cried longer or harder at his death a couple of years ago than Brian McFarlane.
1: Uh, Naz, we've got a couple of minutes left. I'll leave it to you for last follow-up with Brian.
8: Yeah, David
2: was David Kim was saying that uh, the rivalry between coaches Toe Blake and Punchin' Black was fierce. Did you find that also? Uh,
8: they were they were great to watch. Uh, Toe Blake uh, put together those uh, five consecutive teams in the in the late fifties and. Uh, He had some remarkable talent on those clubs, and that's when Imlock came in, and he built his team up to rival Blake, and to, to see those guys battle each other from behind the bench and try to get the best players on the ice at the best possible time was quite a matchup. I always used to think of Blake as wearing the dark fedora, and Punch like had the white fedora. I think he bought it from Eddie Shack, because Shack was selling hats at that time, and he bragged that he was selling hats to like So uh, I I think he would be probably be prepared to give him the hats to keep a place on that hockey club. But, uh, you bring back so many stirring memories, and especially that '67. Somebody asked me not long ago my favorite hockey moment, and I said I think it would be the '67 Leafs winning the cup the old men, most of them over 30, battling the Canadians and Gump Worsley leaving the empty net and Armstrong putting the deciding goal in there and everybody celebrating. We went home to sit around my kitchen table, and then I said, why don't we crash the victory party over at Staff Meist House? And that's where we went. I didn't even know where Staff Smythe lived, but the producer that, of the CBC that was with us that night said, I know where he lives. So we went over there. The Stanley Cup was sitting in the foyer. We took a sip from it, and there was dancing and gaiety and laughter and joking, and somebody, I think, threw somebody else in the swimming pool, but I wasn't around for that. We just stayed 45 minutes or so and went home, but I'm sure glad we did that.
1: i got to ask, Brian, uh, tongue-in-cheek, Peter Puck, uh, who was he picking for the Stanley Cup this year?
8: Uh, Peter's in retirement, and I I haven't (laughs) talked to him lately, and uh, I think because he comes from Hollywood, he'd probably see the (laughs) L.A. Kings, but he he doesn't know his hockey as well as he thinks he does. He's good with little kids teaching the fundamentals, and uh, I I hope they bring him back someday soon. There's a whole new generation out there that would love to see Peter. He's never been seen over in Europe, and even remotely uh, in the U.S., so... uh, There's a market for Peter and also his friend Penny Puck for all the great girls that play hockey today. Uh,
1: Certainly we'd love to see Peter back.
8: Brian, um, this has been a remarkable hour for Naz and
1: I, and uh, it's been a thrill for us to be able to chat with you and to catch up with you and to wish you continued uh, best of health and uh, like to see you keep publishing, and we look forward, as you said, for the next three, four, or five books that you're working on. Thanks so much for yes. joining well, us, Brian. Well, thank you.
8: And if my my doctor would let me, I'd put the skates back on. I quit at 84, <laughs> but I'd like to get back out there again. Hey, thanks, guys. You. It's been a pleasure for me. It's been more of a
1: pleasure for us. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks. Brian McFarlane. Has, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, Peter, I, Puck. Peter I, Puck. Peter Puck. Peter Puck. I had to get that one. in. Uh, Brian
2: Marshall. Remarcel- Peter Puck.
1: Ronnie Schell, uh, what show was he on, uh, Gomer Pyle. he was on Gomer Pyle. You're right. Yes, oh, um, uh, we solved all the world's problems. Gomer anyway,
2: Pyle <laughs> <USMC>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I can't tell you. I mean, it's, uh, Dave Keon, Dick Duff, Peter Mansbridge and my, Brian McFarland, and getting a chance to talk about some of the great, uh, great stories. These are the three legends, some of the great stories, some of the great memories, uh, from days gone by, uh, certainly has made my day, Naz, and probably uh, probably my week for sure. And Thursday night, it all starts. So what we've been talking about, forever rivals. The Toronto uh, Maple Leafs against the Montreal Canadiens. This time, the Leafs are the favorites. Naz, give me your prediction.
2: The curse of punch them like Thursday night when they start, right? <laughs> yeah. We're in trouble. Right. At least you're in trouble Thursday night. No, that forget no, about no, it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, the, the Leafs yeah, get, in
1: five. Leafs in five? Yes, sir. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Leafs in five too. Let's 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 hope it happens. We'll be uh, it's be an interesting show next Sunday morning. We get the. What, we get the, Tom sorry. Wilson played last night, right? He, he scored. I believe he scored the first goal as well. Yeah, he was the best player on the ice. He should be. He was.
2: Should have been suspended already.
1: Anyways, Brandon's, Brandon's buzzing in my ear, and as He's going he's gonna to cut us off, but I want to finish by thanking Brandon, Brandon. Pulling this all together, having five of us on the air at the same time, it uh, takes a little bit of work and a little bit of a skill set. Thanks, Brandon. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Hopefully the Leafs will be up two games to zero.